Welcome back to our Old Testament study in the book of Ruth. This story so gently teaches us God's providence and his kindness as it touches individual lives, that even though there's tragedy and uncertainty and even deep pain, that God is writing a story behind the scenes bigger than any of us for his glory and for our good purposes. We seem to live in a day today where the sands are shifting so quickly with federal pronouncements and state governments and headlines from overseas that, humanly speaking, there seems to be no firm footing on which to stand. This is why it is so important to get into God's Word. It is so important to pray, to pour out our anxieties and our heart to God and our frustrations and our worries and concerns, however trite they may be, because you need to know that your Abba Father wants to hear whatever those are that you're going through. Whatever you're feeling, share them. And then may we redirect our hearts through God's word, where we can have peace and security. And one of the reasons I love this story so much is because it's such a real, tangible event of people walking through difficult circumstances, but not alone, with a God who is working. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this day. And though we hear things all around us where it seems that things are changing and there seems to be no security in this world, May we remember this simple truth. There is no security in this world. May we put our trust not in the princes of this world, but only in you, O God. But thank you for your patience, even as we express our anxieties, our fears, and our worries. And thank you that you meet us in our need and overflow our accounts, our lives, with grace unspeakable. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ruth has traveled back from Moab with Naomi, her mother-in-law. Bethlehem is Naomi's uh, hometown, and Ruth is a foreigner. She goes into the fields to work, to glean, and she happens into a field owned by a man named Boaz. But this is not any happenstance. God has a purpose and a plan. Now, Ruth knows that she deserves nothing, and all she can do is ask for favor. So she asks the foreman, Can I glean among the sheaves, not just the edges of the field, but among the sheaves? Now, he doesn't have the authority to grant such a request. So he has to wait for Boaz. Boaz, the owner, comes. The request is passed on, and Boaz meets Ruth's request with overflowing grace. Would you read with me? Ruth chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field. Or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother in your native land and come to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you've done, and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose refuge you have come to take, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. Boaz responds to Ruth in an incredibly aboundingly 
kind, compassionate, gracious, and providing manner. Remember he asked his foreman when he saw Ruth, when Boaz first came to the field, he sees this young woman and he says to his foreman, whose young woman is this? Not who is she, but to whom does she belong? Under whose protection is she? The foreman says, she is the young Moabitess who came with Naomi back from Moab. She has no one, no husband, no father, no people to protect her, no children. She's under nobody's protection. Now, Boaz could have simply just given her some token generosity and moved on, but he responds to Ruth and says, Now listen, my daughter. A very affectionate term that you would call another woman your daughter if there is an intent to extend your protecting, providing care over them. In other words, she doesn't have anybody? Well, I will look after her. I will take on the responsibility of being her oversight, of being her protection, of being her provision. An incredible demonstration of mercy and kindness. He even says, don't glean in another field, but stay close to my young women. These young women who are helping the men reap uh, the harvest of Boaz's field. He's inviting her in, but he is also allowing her to participate in that community. It is a gracious demonstration of care for her. He even says, have I not commanded the men not to touch you, that I will protect you physically from harm? It's like he's saying, Ruth, I know you're vulnerable. I know you feel vulnerable, but I'm going to look out for you. I'm going to take care of you. What Boaz is doing is reflecting the Old Testament law, but more than that, he's reflecting the heart of Yahweh himself, God who cares for the downtrodden. And in this story, God is showing his care and his concern for Ruth through Boaz. It's so important during these times to remember that when we are kind, we are loving, we're generous to others, that we're not doing it just for niceness sake, but rather we have the opportunity to channel, to be mediums of God's character and his love and his mercy to those around us. That people will see God in you because of the way you've lived your life. You see, Ruth is seeing the heart of God demonstrated through Boaz. She comes with nothing and yet there's this man willing to extend great grace and mercy to her. Now she knows she does not worthy. She does not deserve this. So she falls down on her face and says, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? I know that I'm not part of your people. I know I don't have any right to anything. And she falls down on her face, a Middle Eastern characteristic demonstration of piety, of recognizing one's unworth or humbling of oneself. But Boaz says, I've heard about your character. I've heard about who you are, your hardworking character, your love for your mother-in-law. And may the Lord repay you. That God by whom, remember her great declaration in chapter 1, she said, May your God, to Naomi, may your God be my God. Uh, she made this great statement of faith in Israel's God, in this Yahweh. She had seen something in Naomi, and she wanted what Naomi has. And Boaz says, That God whom you've put your trust in, that you've come to shelter under, I pray that he blesses you and returns in reward for your faithfulness and your behavior. He even says, the Lord twice, Yahweh, that covenant-keeping name of God, 
under whose wings you have come to take refuge. It's reminiscent of Psalm 91, if you remember. I'm going to turn there for just a moment because Psalm 91 is a lovely song that talks about God's protective presence. And listen to the similarity and imagery between Ruth and Psalm 91. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. This is who our God is, a protector, a refuge, someone who shelters kindly, loving. Once again, Ruth says, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. You have comforted me. You have spoken kindly and you've given me status because she says, I I know I'm not one of your servants. I don't belong here. So by Boaz's act of kindness, he has brought comfort. He has demonstrated kindness and he has demonstrated value. He has given her value. And isn't that what God does for us? Does this not demonstrate the heart of God? Jesus said in the first beatitude, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who recognize that they come to God with nothing. Blessed are those who call out on him like Ruth did to Boaz. And they shall be given much. They shall be given the kingdom. They shall overflow with grace. Romans chapter 8, such a great treatise by Paul. And Romans chapter 8 is one of those chapters I feel like every Christian should memorize because it so richly demonstrates the overflowing grace that we've been given. And some time ago here at Heritage, I actually went through what 33 reasons that I could identify in Romans 8 that we have because of what Christ has done for us. We have nothing, we come with nothing, and yet he has given us everything. Romans chapter 8. Let me just read a few of them for you. Listen to what Jesus has given you. Even though this world be taken from you, even though you may lose your job, hard as that may be, even though we face difficulties with things going on in our society, know who you are in Christ. Listen to Romans chapter 8. Because of Jesus, because of his cross, we have no condemnation, freedom from death, that we have victory over sin, that we are made righteous, that we have life and peace, that he has given us his spirit to dwell within us, that he gives us his spirit to help us live through the days we're not alone. He's given us victory over flesh. He's made us sons of God. He's given us freedom from fear, the access as well to be able to call on God as our Abba, our Father. We are heirs of Christ. We have a future glory in heaven. We are the first fruits of God's spiritual blessings, that we have an unshakable hope, that we have a helping spirit, an interceding spirit, that Jesus himself intercedes on our behalf, that we've been given extravagant love, that God is with us, for us, protects us, and that the entirety of the Trinity, the Spirit, the Son, and the Father, safeguard us and love us and surround us that we are conquerors in Christ, and that nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love. When we talk about beggars coming empty-handed and then being given all that, you see, that is the character in the heart of God. Just like Ruth came with nothing and she was met by Boaz with overflowing grace, 
We come with nothing, and Jesus meets us with overflowing grace. Brother and sister, remember who you are in Christ. And no matter what happens out there, know who you are. Know where security lies. Friend, if you are here and you've never tasted of this grace, you've never tasted of a God who will meet you with overflowing love, please go to watchhbclinchburg.com. Up in the right-hand corner, there is a button, a prayer section. Fill that out. Give us your information. Tell us how we can pray for you. If, if there's a question about salvation or things about your spiritual journey with God, a pastor will call you and reach out to you and so that we can show you from God's word how you can have hope in Jesus. May this short story in Ruth remind us of a great big God who meets us and overflows his grace to us, unworthy as we are. What an amazing God. Have a wonderful day. Before we go, let us pray. Father, go with us. Bless us as you already have. Bless us with the knowledge of your presence. Bless us with the feeling and the tangible uh, awareness that you are here with us through your word and through the power of your spirit. Give us strength this day, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless.